0: education is the key relationships and taking action um, I think you know education's key because you don't want to get into something unless you know what you're talking about you know building relationships talking to other people that have been in the business that uh, are going in the direction or have been where you want to go that's that's really critical just to have a good group of people to learn from so whether that's involved it includes getting involved in a mastermind or attending conferences but just kind of that um, building in education with relationship building and then taking action. You know, a lot of people get in this analysis paralysis where they just keep looking and looking and looking and never take action. And you've got to take action in a way that you feel comfortable with, but you also have to step outside your comfort zone a bit and and take that leap to actually dive in and, and take action. So that would be, I think, education, relationships, and actually doing something by taking action.
1: Welcome to the Wealth Matters
0: Podcast where investors come together to better understand how to build passive cash flow and create generational wealth without all the confusing mumbo-jumbo. Here's your host and co-author of Amazon number one bestseller, Alpesh Pamar.
1: Welcome to Wealth Matters Podcast. I have with me my very good friend, a close friend, Todd Solzinger. Hi, Todd, how are you? Oh, great, how are you doing today, Alfesh? Good, good. So Todd is a former corporate finance executive turned mobile home park investor and consultant, as well as the founder of Blue Elm Investments, a California-based mobile home park operator specializing in adding value to and transforming Distress mobile home parks across the US. They have built expertise to turn neglected mobile home parks into vibrant communities, increasing the availability of safe, clean, and affordable housing to their residents while offering their investors above market returns. So, welcome, Todd. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I hope I didn't miss anything. <laughs> no, that sounds good. Thanks. <laughs> so, the first question is. Tell us something interesting about yourself, something funny, maybe strange, something weird. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: uh, Well, I guess something that maybe a lot of people don't know is I actually spent about two and a half years living in Europe. Um, I got an incredible opportunity that I probably wasn't in the position to do when I was 25. I was working for a small technology startup and the uh, president of the company said, hey, we need somebody to help out in finance out in Europe. Do you wanna go move there? So packed it up, lived in the UK for about two and a half years and got to travel through uh, France, Germany and Italy, helping them set up their books there. So had a you know great experience living overseas for a couple of years. That's awesome.
1: So how did you get into real estate? Cause I know you were in corporate America when we first time met U.S. still in corporate America trying to get out. Uh, I think it was a couple of years ago uh, or, or maybe a little bit more. Uh, but how did you get into real estate then?
0: Well, I, I started by buying single-family homes in the Texas market. And I found out about that through Robert Helms and Russell Gray from the Real Estate Guys. They used to live close to me here in Silicon Valley and had monthly meetups, and they brought in this guy who was building, uh, built to, uh, you know, build to rent homes, uh, new homes to, for uh, investors in the Dallas-Fort Worth market, and I just thought that sounded crazy, that you could invest somewhere thousands of miles from home. And, and still have that work. I had rented out a uh, house that I had lived in for a time. So I thought, okay, that, I, I understand that. You can yeah. drive by the house, meet the tenants, do all that. And uh, I had known at some other people that uh, had rental properties, but was all local. So that idea sounded crazy, but just through a, uh, you know, probably about a, you know, maybe a, lo- a little over a year process, there was this combination of flying out there, driving neighborhoods, meeting brokers, um, insurance agents, property managers. And over that time, I just got more and more comfortable with the idea of investing long distance. And then, uh, you know, over after being involved in that for a couple of years, I realized it was no different than our, a rental property that I still maintained in California, where right. I, would, I would drive by the house, I know yeah. maybe a couple times a year, drive by. Okay, it's not burned down. I'm still getting rent. That's yeah. all there is. And then similarly, I would fly to Dallas sometimes for uh, for business or real estate events, and I would drive by my rental properties. Same thing.
1: Exactly. <laughs> so That's so why that I... just seemed
0: no different um, to have uh, you know no different to have um, uh, you know a property long distance than having something close to home if you've got good property managers that can keep an eye on things. So that was my entree into the real estate world.
1: Yeah, and that's how I got started when I had a property here between 2011 to 2015 and I started renting, I'm like, this thing doesn't make money, right? I I can barely cover the mortgage and I was exploring by the time I had learned the ropes and I was like, okay, it makes sense to invest out of state and yeah, that's how it was. And every time I flew out there, I was able to write off my expenses too. So yes. I said, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's good. I can always go there and write off my expenses if I need to check out on the property. And if you build the right team, you don't have to go every three months or six months, right?
0: <laughs> right, and actually it's, it actually works better. Like when the... Texas property managers would do an annual inspection. They would go through the house, take pictures right. of everything in the house. In California, uh, just due to privacy rules, the property managers can't do that. So the pictures right. the inside of the house are just of the smoke detector or the kitchen sink. But you can't really get a good look at the house as well as you can in some place like Texas. So it's almost, you almost get a better view of what's happening in the property out of state than you would where we live.
1: Yeah, that's why they say you know, uh, you can live wherever you want, but invest where the numbers make sense. And I, and California sucks, (laughs) not only from numbers perspective, you and I both are in San Francisco Bay Area. So not only from numbers perspective, but even just the law, the tenant friendly laws, they don't make sense. So overall, it just uh, doesn't work, right? So uh, interesting. So when did you decide to get out of corporate America and why?
0: Uh, well, yeah, I had a, a, you know great career in finance. Worked for a lot of great companies. Got to you know do a lot of interesting things. But I didn't want to do that forever. You know, I really felt uh, always at the mercy of the company or the person I was working for. And you know, working in finance, uh, especially for startups, you know, oftentimes those companies end up you know possibly going out of business, merging with other bigger companies, mm-hmm. or being acquired. And that happened to me multiple times. And it just I, over time, I just felt that lack of control where. I didn't want to be forced to relocate or constantly be looking for a new job when the company I was working for, again, might get acquired. So I thought, maybe there's some way that I can make a business out of real estate. Uh, And I ended up going to the real estate guy's secrets of successful syndication event back in 2015.
1: Um, That's where we met in 2017, if I'm correct. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, So that that was the second time. So I didn't,
0: I didn't quite get it the first time. So I went the first time I was all (laughs) going to do something. But you, know, it's, a, it's, a big, uh, you know, it's a big endeavor to right. actually build a syndication to make a transition and life got in the way and I didn't do anything about it. And then I went back to uh, another syndication event, I think probably where we met. And um, after that, I decided, okay, if I'm really going to do this, I need to take action to make it happen. Um, so it was at that point in time that I decided we're really going to get serious about it, uh, learn about syndication, start researching markets, and asset classes uh, a little bit more seriously to decide to build a business around real estate and
1: syndications. That's awesome. So uh, and on this podcast, I do want to talk about how someone can, you know, move, someone like you has moved from corporate America into real estate. So I want to talk about what are the steps did you take to prepare yourself for this move?
0: Um, well, you know, I tried to be as prudent as possible about it. You know, there is this point in time where you kind of have to, you know, make the transition. Um, and I, one of the first things I did was I, at the, the corporate job I was at, I went to, uh, the CFO who I was working for and told him that I, I, I wanted to cut back to four days a week. I wanted to find a way that I could, um, you know, still do my job but still have at least a day a week to dedicate to real estate. Uh, When I was working full-time, long hours for a startup, commuting back and forth every day, it was really hard to carve out time, lunchtime or after work on weekends. So uh, I was trying to have that balance of, okay, still having some income coming in, of being uh, able to dedicate a full day every week to look at deals talk to investors whatever i might need to do so i, so, I did uh, that for a while
1: sorry I, so, sorry to interrupt so i, I want to uh, dig deep into that and that's a great first step and uh, i i read tim Ferriss's book four hour work week and that's one of the things he recommends right that if you you always want to have a side hustle and how you can build a four-hour work week which is pretty hard or almost impossible (laughs) but at least you know uh think about it right in the perspective that i did go talk to your boss and see if they will allow you to either work remote so that you are saving the time on commute right Mm -hmm. or or think about what you did like where you can say okay i'm gonna finish my hours through monday through thursday and can i have friday off where i can focus on other stuff so is that the it's that the mindset you went with. That uh, if if they say no to my four you know four days thing, I, I would have another option. Or yeah, my
0: my other option was to do consulting. There's quite a few uh, finance consulting firms right. in, in Silicon Valley where uh, you know you just you work for them as a as a W two and they place you at various companies right. throughout yeah. the valley. So uh, I had been working. I had hired one of those companies to work with me. At the last W two job I had, and uh, I I liked that model. They had a lot of great people working on their team who worked at a variety of different clients. So that was my my backup was to to do that if uh, if my employer said I wouldn't be able to to cut back. Um, so then it was a transition of um, uh, you know working for them four days a week. I did some project work for them. That uh, that position ended because they ended up replacing my full-time position and then I ended up doing some uh, finance consulting through an agency uh, here in the bay area and uh, from that uh, then made my my transition so I tried to be as prudent as possible to kind of slowly make my way out versus right. a, a hard stop
1: yeah and, and that's a great point right because you you don't want to lift your one foot before putting down your other foot, right? Because you want right. to be prepared. That's why you want to go through certain steps. And I'm glad that you know you had the backup as well, that if the things don't pan out, then you have the consulting route, which is what I have been doing for the last 10 years. So I have my own consulting IT consulting firm, and I'm working you know, when I want to, right. It's not like I have to work, you know, I can decide when I can take off. And yeah, you and I have been working together for some time on mobile home parks, So, you know, Yes. yeah, that, <laughs> uh, yeah that's great. <laughs> so, exactly. No, that's great. So once you had that step taken, uh, was there anything else from the finance side, from personal finance side, you had to keep in mind before you made the jump?
0: Um, uh, well, yeah, yes, for sure. I mean, one of the things that I did, I ended up selling my uh, Texas properties in 2019, uh, you know, for a couple of reasons. One, I wanted to take some of that money and have it as a buffer. I wanted to also take that and be able to use it in uh, future syndications, to be able to invest alongside my investors and the prices that appreciated there, you know, a fair amount from the time that I bought those in, uh, I think I got those properties in 2013,
1: 2014. Oh, pretty good
0: time, right? yes. Right, so um, yeah, so that was kind of that, that uh, you know, just making sure I had that that buffer helped as well. And then I also started working for uh, CCI Investments as a mobile home park consultant as well. Uh, so that's kind of another way, just from a, a financial perspective, to augment income from raising money from syndications, uh, but still working in the mobile home park business.
1: Well, that's that's another great idea as well, right? So. Uh, And I sold my uh, Texas properties as well in 2019, (laughs) but I only had bought them in 2017 when I visited uh, Dallas during that secrets of syndication uh, event. And I, you know, I said, okay, let me buy it. And then I looked at it after a couple of years. I said, you know, I'm not making as much as I thought I I would have. So, and and the property has appreciated a little bit. So let me get out. So pretty much I was following in your footsteps because I wanted to do <laughs> my first mobile home park syndication as well. <laughs> so that's interesting uh, that you also kept the, uh, a- a- so my other question is anything you could have done differently, right? So you already had the process set and it worked out well, anything you think you missed or you should, you could have done differently.
0: Um, I probably would have tried to start sooner. I think, you know, after going to that first syndication event in 2015, um, I think I would have tried to work faster and probably tried to find a a partner to work with because I, the first two syndications i put together, uh, I've done myself and it's, it's tough to do deals on your, on your own. Yes. So I think you know, going forward, uh, I want to be able to partner up with people to do bigger deals and to spread the work around. And if I had to do it again, I would have tried to find partners to work with, either more on the capital raising side uh, or somebody else to go out and, and joint venture with to put some deals together.
1: No, yeah, and I, I totally agree. The partnership is the key in this business. So yeah, let's talk about. So now you were out of the you know corporate world. What, what what did you do right after you got out of the corporate world? You started looking at the mobile home park or what was, uh, uh, or you waited and then figured out mobile home park is the way to go.
0: Well, after I decided I wanted to start a syndication business, I looked at a lot of different markets and asset classes, Uh, looked at apartments and self-storage and groups of single family homes and Airbnb and senior living and mobile home parks. And I really like that asset class for a few reasons. It's, recession resistant. There's less competition than there is in the apartment space. Um, But it it was always, I had always heard that it's kind of tricky, difficult to manage. There's sometimes more hair on the deals than there is in a lot of other assets. And uh, so it was actually then through my uh, association with CCI Investments, who's a nationwide mobile home park consulting firm. that I knew I could leverage their expertise to uh, be able to acquire parks and then through that process actually while I was still uh, working my W2 job I was you know just looking at hundreds of deals talking to brokers looking at some parks in, in CCI's network um, you know looking at all the different websites building those relationships and ended up finding a park two parks actually in Georgia from the same seller about a mile from each other and I was initially going to do those with somebody who I was working with in my w2 job he was really excited about getting into the mobile home park business and we were considering doing that deal together. He couldn't raise all the funds that he thought he could to have us work on it together. So I had the park under contract and decided I was going to go out and raise money myself to close on the deal. So I did that close on that park while I was still, uh, well, actually kind of just as I was transitioning from a
1: W2 job to doing some
0: consulting work.
1: Got it. So, what are some of the lessons learned while you were trying to acquire your first mobile home park and raise capital?
0: Uh, well, there's you know, so much you know You can, you know, one of the keys, I think, is just to educate yourself as much as possible about any kind of asset class. Right. But as much education as you get, you don't learn everything until you actually get in the trenches. Oh, so yes. uh, yeah, so being you know going being on site, doing a due diligence site visit, talking to the seller, like seeing things up front, is like really where where the education kicks in. So I think um, uh, you know if I was you know kind of lessons learned, I I think I would have um, spent probably spent a little bit more time on the due diligence side. Uh, you know, we the parks that we bought in Georgia. We weren't able to get inside all of the homes because there were tenants living in them. And we've discovered some issues post acquisition with those homes. So one of the things I would have done was really press the seller to let us inside, you know, if not every unit, is you know, many more than we were able to see, just to be able to give an assessment of what the condition was of the homes before we took, took ownership and, and, and be willing to
1: walk away if it didn't meet our satisfaction. Right. And I, I think every, everyone would agree. Right. The, every, after every deal, when you l- go back and look at it, I think due diligence is the, you know, time when you should be spending most of your effort. Right. And, and, and after every deal closes, you realize that, oh, I, sh- I could have done this little bit more. <laughs> you yeah, know. I mean, I, you know, we had a checklist
0: and we were checking things off and getting as much information as we can. And then, you know, at the same time, you're trying to raise money. You see the due diligence period ending, uh, you know, earnest money deposits going hard. So it, uh, it's a stressful time during that 30 to 45 day period after when you're trying to actually uh, assume that you're getting the deal done and continue to go right. through that process while at the same time assuming, hey, if this really uh, is a deal, it's not going to work out, uh, be willing to walk away.
1: Right no and i i agree when i'm going through the same thing and i feel like i could have done a little bit more due diligence right <laughs> right, right so so after uh, you acquired your first mobile home park what what were some of the steps you take in setting up let's say rehab property management uh, did you have to uh, interview a lot of the property managers how, how did you figure all that out <clears throat>
0: Well, one of the things, one of the reasons why I chose the market that I did for those first two parks in Georgia was that the mobile home park consulting firm that I, that I hired that I'm now working with uh, CCI Investments, they managed some other parks near that one. So I knew I could leverage some of their maintenance and rehab crews and some of the uh, district manager, management that they had in place. I looked at a lot of other deals, parks that I thought looked good but were nowhere near any other parks that they managed. So I didn't even try to go for those just because I, it would be a new market for them where they didn't have all the connections that were necessary. So that was one of the, the big things I did was find a park that was close to where they had existing operations. So they were able to come in and manage the on site manager. And subsequent to that, in terms of rehab crews, they have crews that travel throughout different parts of the country and work on work on repairing mobile homes and uh, once they finish they move on to the next
1: location All right. so what has been your best real estate deal so far
0: uh well you know i uh, of the of the two syndications i've done those are still in turnaround mode so i um can't really say i've got a best and worst so far because those are those are still in process, um, probably my best, uh, I guess, investment like outside of syndication would be those houses in Texas that I was, oh owning. okay, uh, you know, buy at a good time, so I had you know good cash flow during the time I owned them, and they appreciated well, and they again allowed me to have some liquidity to be able to invest in my new syndication business.
1: What has been your worst investment? Uh, let me see, I
0: did, a, I, I did a hard money construction loan with a self-directed IRA back in 2011, and it sounded like a great idea. This guy was building uh, townhouses in outside of San Antonio, and he, when, when the financial crisis hit, he had trouble getting loans from banks, so he was you know, taking in money from private investors with great returns, but this, with this idea of, I'm gonna use this money build these townhouses, and then sell them to investors. Them, yeah. And he'd, had, uh, you know, he'd been doing that for a few years very successfully, but he got you know, in too deep with some of his vendors. They went bankrupt, so then he couldn't pay his investors. So we ended up foreclosing and uh, you know, took, uh, took a hit on our total investment. So did did lose all our money, but didn't make the returns that we expected that we would. Oh. And it was a several-year process to end up having all of us get out. So I think a great lesson I got from that was uh, I would tell somebody never uh, you know, invest in any, uh, like a hard money loan or any kind of investment where there's an attached building. If it was a single family home oh. that he had started to build, then yeah, I could have just foreclosed and taken that house. But because I was one of four investors in a, a, a kind of a, it was a fourplex, but they were almost like townhouses. So right, I was one right. of four people. So that made it very complicated.
1: That's a, that's a great lesson because we are currently doing exact same thing, but not townhouse. And actually we are building houses in Tehachapi. Right close to Beckersfield, mm-hmm. and we are actually looking for private money and hard money l- lenders but basically we are we already own the lots, we are spending money on septic and all those utility connections, and we are going to use the funds only for construction, nothing else, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the funds would be held in third party escrow, so it Good. won't be. Yep. So yeah, of course we are trying to make sure that the investors are taken care of and their money is safe and sound. But I yeah, that's a great point because yeah, we are building single families. So uh, yeah, but yeah, so in th- right in that I situation, if that somebody
0: that. is uh, you know if they're in a first position like on a lot or on a house, mm-hmm. then yeah, they're much in a much safer position.
1: Yeah, and this would be all only the first position. We are not doing any first or second lane. Everything is first position. Yeah, for that's great. Yeah, investors. Because again, you know, I have been through the same thing. So I want to make sure the investors are taken care of. Right? Yes, yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so this is great. So let's take a quick break, Todd. And after the break, I'll go through the usual questions I ask every guest on the podcast.
0: Sounds great.
1: Welcome back to Wealth Matters Podcast. I'm talking to Todd. Todd, are you ready for fire round? I'm ready. Let's go. Okay, let's go. Would you be changing any business or investment strategy after this pandemic is over?
0: Uh, um, I would say so, because uh, you know, we don't. We hope that this is the last one of these we experience in our lifetime, but there's right. a chance we won't. So I think I would be. A little more careful looking at what the economic economic environment is in any of the markets that I invest in, I think the one of the principles of the mobile home park business is its recession resistance. With this assumption that at the lower level end, lower um, end of the wage scale, there's always going to be demand, right? You got these, whether it's if you look at any strip mall and think, hey, there's a restaurant and a nail salon, and uh, you know, and and, any of these lower income jobs that might house people in mobile homes that went away during the recession. So it kind of blew the recession resistant yeah. aspect of mobile home parks, um, blew that out of the water. I think in the long-term that that uh, investment thesis will still hold up. But I think I would take uh, a, probably a closer look than I might otherwise, even though that's one of the areas that I really focus on is economic activity in an area. I would take another deep dive really looking at, uh, based on the asset class their asset that I'm purchasing, what's the really full economic environment and where might all the tenants Mm -hmm. that I plan on having in that, uh, that property, where they're going to be working.
1: That's awesome. Favorite real estate or finance or any other related book?
0: Uh, Probably one of my favorite finance books is Robert and Russell's equity happens, which is great. It's a great book. It just kind of tells the story of two different people. One uh, really, a high paid sales executive that every time he earned more money, he spent more money, right. seemed like he had all the great trappings <laughs> of a great lifestyle, versus this that, other guy who was that's kind of the corporate his money.
1: America, right? <laughs> yes, versus <laughs> you this other guy, who, the Johnson's. <laughs> yeah, right? Yes, yeah, versus
0: this other guy that he worked with, it was living below his means, slowly buying investment properties and then built up this great amount of equity over time. And um, so it was kind of this millionaire next door story that was just a great example of, you know, if you're patient doing the right things, investing in real assets that generate income that you can set yourself
1: up for financial freedom in the future. That's awesome. I haven't read the book. I, I know I have a lot to read. It's out of print, so you, yeah, yeah, I think exactly. they're on eBay I, I for a few hundred dollars. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't find it because I know when I attended the event, I was looking for one. But yeah, I, I, I would look for it again. Any tool or website you recommend uh, for your, maybe you use it for research, for other purposes, for managing the properties, mobile. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: one of the tools from a research standpoint that I look at a lot is bestplaces.net. It's a a great (laughs) tool just for looking at um, metro size and rental rates for apartments and houses and uh, employment and crime. So that's a great site. Uh, Just from a business standpoint, I've really been enjoying, I switched over to Calendly for my yeah. calendar management. And that's just so great. Yeah. I that's just, awesome. sometimes you can spend so much time going back and forth on email or text mm-hmm. saying, are you available? Are you free? Yeah. That doesn't work. So to be able just to send a link to say, Hey, you know, just here's my schedule, find a time and that's when we can talk. So it, you know, takes the pressure off me trying to go back and forth and it's much more efficient for the person on the other end when they can just look at a uh, a, a calendar availability and, and fit in a time for them. So uh, I've had you know, good luck with using Calendly.
1: Yeah, and, I, and I, I have used Calendly and Bookify both. I I, I like Bookify now, but same thing. Because mm, okay. with Bookify, I'm able to block ca- time on two of my calendars. So I have two calendars to manage. And, and when they see it, they are able to see it from both the calendars. And when they book the time slot, it's booked on both of my calendars. So it's blocked. So uh, it's awesome. But say, say, you know, I started with Calendly and I, I highly recommend one of this calendar tool to everyone who's getting started.
0: Great. And I, I should give one other shout out in terms of a book. I was recently a co author in a new book called Success Habits of Super Achievers. That's uh, a great book. It's filled with 80 different authors, including myself. Uh, Robert Helms is in the book, um, Darren Hardy, Brian Tracy, uh, Les Brown. Um, uh, Marco Santorelli, um, Anna Kelly. So a lot of other people in the real estate world and then some other people like Phil Collin from Def Leopard, uh, Todd Stottemeyer, an ex-major league baseball player. So we each have our own chapters talking about some of our success habits and success tips. So, um, so if anybody wants to you know, reach out and want to get a copy of that, please feel free to have them reach out to me, but it's called Success Habits of Super Achievers and it's uh, available on Amazon.
1: That's awesome. And, and this is a very important question for anyone starting in real estate. So any advice for beginner investors? Um, I think,
0: you know, education is the key. Relationships and taking action. Um, I think, you know, education is key because you don't want to get into something unless you know what you're talking about. You know, building relationships, talking to other people that have been in the business that uh, are going in the direction or have been where you want to go. That's, that's really critical just to have, a good group of people to learn from. so whether that's involved it includes getting involved in a mastermind or attending conferences, but just kind of that um, building in education with relationship building and then taking action you know, a lot of people get in this analysis paralysis where they just keep looking and looking and looking and never take action. And you've got to take action in a way that you feel comfortable with, but you also have to step outside your comfort zone a bit and and take that leap to actually dive in and, and take action. So that would be, I think, education, relationships, and actually doing something by
1: taking action. That's awesome. How do you give back? Um, I, I would
0: say mostly through education, you know, um, I, I see that through, uh, I, through my syndication business, uh, talking to potential investors and in it, but then definitely through CCI just spending as much time as possible, you know, even with somebody who's, you know, may not actually end up buying a park or working with us, but just, you know, walking people through the process, talking to them about, um, you know, the business and just really answering any questions that I can to help them gain their understanding is something I really find satisfying.
1: Awesome. How can my listeners reach out to you?
0: Uh, They can reach me at my email address, which is Todd, T-O-D-D, at BlueElmInvestments.com. And then that's my website, www.BlueElmInvestments.com.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, Todd. I had so much fun chatting with you. Oh, fantastic talking with you, Alpesh. That was great. Take care.
0: Thanks for listening to the Wealth Matters Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes so others can enjoy the show too. Have a great week and happy investing!